Welcome to the Guernsey Press Arts Podcast and to a special edition in which we'll bring you the full version of the first of nine discussions which delve into Guernsey's new long-term plan for the arts. The plan rests on nine pillars, you see, and the Head of Arts Development at Guernsey Arts, Russ Fossey, has agreed to come along each month with some appropriate guests to lay out in more detail what these pillars are. The first of these is the Festival's Plan. So Russ and I were joined by Guernsey Literary Festival Director Claire Allen and by Jade Kershaw, who's a member of the Vale Earth Fair Collective and also, as it happens, the Community Arts Development Coordinator at Guernsey Arts. Russ, could I ask you to outline for us the, uh, the the part of the art strategy that deals with festivals? Yeah, well, I, I think the first thing to say is that festivals are a really big part of our cultural offer across, across the bailiwick. And if you look across the last 10 years, um, our festival scene has, has grown dramatically um, with a, a number of uh, festivals developing um incredibly strongly over those years and incredibly professionally um, but also at the same time we're very conscious that most of the festival scene over here um, the organizers are uh, on a voluntary basis um, e- extremely professional people that put a lot of voluntary hours into the, the festivals and we really value that from from Guernsey Arts perspective and I think um I think we want to, you know, make everybody aware that um, the people that put time and effort into these festivals um, are contributing a great amount to the Guernsey um, offer. Um, And uh, the the festivals, as well as giving our local artists the, the, the big platform, the big stages, the opportunity to perform with international artists um, is absolutely fantastic. But there's there's also a real wider context around the benefit of festivals just to uh, Guernsey in general. And I think when we're talking that is very wide and we're talking about um, the educational benefits, we're talking about the economic benefits um, we're talking about just the, the the well-being and the vibrancy that these festivals bring to the island. So um, I think what, what we want to really highlight particularly is that there are benefits that come from the cultural scene um, that um, uh, are far wider than just the, the event. So, so um, sort of cultural benefits, educational benefits, and economic benefits you've outlined there. Is it possible to ascertain the extent of these benefits? I mean, I imagine it must must be quite a difficult thing to to weigh up or put a figure on. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's hard always to get all the all the hard hard numbers. But if you just think, I can give you an example, for instance, of of, of Art Sunday, which is an event we do on the seafront, and it, it's our event, so we can manage that. We understand that quite well, and we we know that as a for instance, um, we have around twelve thousand people come down to the event through the day and we, we, we we've measured that over the years by clicking people in and out so you know it's, it's a good rough measurement now if on average everybody's spending 10 pound when they're down on the day and that's with buying food buying art drinks refreshments etc that's not a big figure really on average um that's that's 120 pound moving around the local economy 
Um, and the, you know the benefits go to the restaurants, to the pubs, to the to the crafters, and to the arts market. And of course, there's a benefit to the um, events and logistical suppliers that supply the stages, etc., for the events. So you know that's an example. And if you you know that's one one event and one day. And if you we've got Claire with us today, if we think about the benefits that come from the literary festival, you know that that will that will just expand further. We, we know historically um, from the figures we've gathered that festivals that we've supported and we don't support all of them um, bring around 3,000 bed nights to the to the islands across those nights, uh, across those events. And that will be through bringing the artists across, but also people that are visiting for the festivals. And uh, you, you mentioned Claire. Welcome, Claire. Um, as as um, festival director for the Guernsey Literary Festival, um, how... Have you been able to um, sort of firstly establish the festival and then uh, enable it to grow over the period that you've been operating? So the Guernsey Literary Festival launched back in 2011. So this year we're going to be celebrating our 11th festival, which is fantastic. Um, It was founded originally by a lady called Katrina Stairs, who's still part of the Guernsey Literary Festival team. And it's grown year on year. So now we have, for this year's festival, for example, we have 65 events taking place covering a whole uh, range of topics from everything, from obviously literature to politics to sport to music health and well-being um, so it's a very broad broad schedule that we run and we also run um, a program of events in schools um, so we've got 17 events this year taking place in schools and a program of events in uh, the community so in care homes and also we run an event in Guernsey prison so it's very much um, a community festival. So when when you're working with the schools, the prison and the care homes, did they come to you uh, wanting you to be involved or did you go out to them? How did that establish itself? Uh, it, I'd say it was a, it, w- it was a bit of both. Um, I mean, the, the festival right from the start, the ethos of the festival was for it to be a festival that was an inclusive festival that would reach out to the whole community of Guernsey, and there would be something in there. There would be an event in there that everybody could enjoy. Um, so so really, we felt you know, as a team, that that was part of our mission, that we wanted to make sure that the events were available to all. Um, so actually, the community programme is something which is brand new for this year, the events that are taking place in the care home. So it's the first time we've done anything like that before. Um, that came out of a conversation with the outreach team at the at the library, who are currently running appropriate events in schools. And we said, well, how can we help and support that? Um, so we put together four events taking place with um, a range of local authors and off-island authors going into care homes, which is really exciting. Mm. That's the, the, the Gilorle Library, and they've, they've got their own outreach team there, haven't they? Yes, yep. exactly. Yeah. Yes. In fact, I think they wrote, I recently wrote about their nomination for a national award for their Tea and Tales programme that they've that they've uh, established recently through uh, Jackie, Jackie Burgess. Burgess. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, the team at the library are fantastic. We work very closely with them. We host a number of events during the festival at the library. The majority of our local author events are actually hosted at the library. Um, and also we work closely with the school's library service to run our um program of events in schools because logistically organizing 17 events um is is quite something so they help and support us with that um but that program itself reaches 3,000 students in Guernsey so again it's we found that's the best way to engage with students is actually to take the events to them rather than maybe run an event at you know the library or something like that actually having authors go into schools has the most impact so so this sounds like a really fascinating sort of organic element of running a festival then is establishing relationships with uh 
uh, already established uh, institutions on the island and then help uh, uh, sort of working with them to help you uh, grow your network of uh, possibilities and, and you're operating so many different um, venues now and with a, a large team of volunteers putting it all together um, it, that's how the expansion happens I guess. Exactly I mean there are a number of events that we'll be running um, where we can see that there's be a good synergy for example maybe with a local charity or maybe with um, a local sports group so we you know we're obviously trying to engage as many organisations as possible to get involved um, and to come along to the festival. And also with us is uh, Jade Kershaw, a uh, member of the Vale Earth Fair Collective. Um, in, in contrast, perhaps, to the Guernsey Literary Festival, uh, you're very much focused around one particular uh, venue, that being the Vale Castle, for your biggest event on your calendar. But um, this isn't the only uh, um, day on your calendar, is it? You've uh, now established quite a number of events uh, during the year. So we do a lot of uh, fun <clears throat> fundraising events throughout the year um, to support the running of the festival. Obviously, festival costs are quite high when you're doing it on that type of scale. Um, so we need to kind of supplement that with some type of funding. Um, and we'd like to do that ourselves. So, yeah, we have uh, a few semi-regular events that we'll do. We'll always kind of have a quiz and DJ nights. We always... Um, what Claire's saying about building relationships we've we tend to build relationships with people who want to come and be involved with something that we do or have us involved with something they do so rocking regatta is a good example of that we've been running a stage in a bar there where the barbecue area is for years over 10 years um and yeah it's just a really great way of kind of uh creating additional cultural events in the island um, whilst supporting what we do. And uh, you can trump Claire's 11 years uh, for this. Uh, <laughs> Bale Earth Fair has been running probably since before you were born, I, I suspect. <laughs> well, um, it's a very well-established uh, event on the calendar. Um, how are you able with your uh, collective, and of course you're all volunteers, aren't you, um, in this, um, to, um, to sort of keep it in the public consciousness over such an extended period of time and indeed grow the festival? Um, well, yeah, you're quite right. Right, We are celebrating our 47th year this year, so um, a few years older than myself, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the festival in itself, because it kind of stemmed from um, community love for music and community kind of opinions, really, um, it's very close to the people who set it up from from day one and it's 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 hard to put into words about how connected people can feel to a grassroots festival um because it's part of what is in the island it's kind of it's almost part of the infrastructure of of the culture in the island now i, I would like to say um and i think everyone's got an experience from uh, from well everyone who's grown up in in the island would have an experience from the Vale fair i think probably it wouldn't be incorrect to say there's 50% of the population who's attended it during their lifetime at some point. I mean, I'm, I'm not, I, who in this room has been there? Um, yes. It's yeah. kind of, I imagine well, you've all yeah. been at least once. Um, I, I, I should declare an interest in so far as I met my wife at Verlefair in 1996. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, take that as a recommendation, if you will. Um, <laughs> so I think I might have been at the first one. <laughs> So there's a cultural interest to the island. It's like there's a, there's you can't even measure what it means to people on an individual level. I'm I know another couple who met at the affair who who got married uh, six years ago and who were just 
um yeah it's it's kind of like a special thing to them because of that reason and there's so many different individual stories that go on um which yeah you can't quantify it um but also i think on an environmental and on a political level um it can reach people in that way as well so so your, your branding for the uh, earth fair is is uh based around your your uh, values political values and the money that you raise for certain causes and the the um the, the rules you set yourself in terms of the provision of vegetarian food that sort of thing is that what you're referring to um yes yeah, so we we have an ethos that we've always worked to um and there's some strong core values in that um so from day one from the first festival there's always been a, an eco feel to it because it's always been conscious of um of uh sorting rubbish make sure everything is recycled and in the 70s obviously that wasn't quite the as done as what you would see today so um we've been doing yeah one of the highlights of each year is is the great bin sort um where we hand pick out all the recycling to make sure that every single piece of rubbish kind of goes to the right place um so it's minimizing impact we've kind of always been conscious of that and we continue to be conscious going forward um and it's great to see that becoming more of a blueprint going forward for all other festivals as well it's like it's become a national thing with uh, the way yeah with kind of the values of the world almost going forward um so i think that's a really great thing that is something that we as a collective have been keen on and been championing for for decades is something now that we're seeing as a commonplace thing so, um, and on a personal level um your involvement in this i mean with with there being some very specific sort of values that you hold on to in the festival um your involvement in this would presumably sort of um uh, bring you into contact with other like-minded people on the island so so um has have you do you feel you've benefited personally from being involved as a volunteer in the running of a festival oh definitely yeah um i mean i i got involved involved with the running of it just because i enjoyed it when i was a teenager as such and i just wanted to to be continue on but yeah you're right um i think Clara, you must have the same meeting like-minded people as well it's just really beautiful to be in an environment where you can have those conversations and and kind of push yourself forward on the way um that you're viewing certain things and whether it be like a musical debate or a political debate for us it's just fantastic fun and is is that do you feel that claire that you've um you because you, you obviously put in a lot of time you're now the festival director and you're not getting paid for this work uh, i imagine it takes up a lot of hours but um the reward is presumably partly at least uh, not just in seeing events underway but in in the connections you make definitely i mean part of the reason i got involved originally in the guernsey literature festival is i used to run lots of big um events in the uk and when i moved to guernsey i saw that there was kind of probably a bit of a gap in the market really for some bigger cultural events on the island um and it's something i've i've always been passionate about event organizing which is why why i got involved but i think you know, for me, for example, going into a school and seeing the reaction of the, the children, you know, when an author goes in and they're really inspired, it's just incredible. Or 
you know, we run a short story writing competition as well for students in the Bailiwick of Guernsey. Um, and to see them go up and get their prizes from an award winning author is, um, is just, it's just, I think it's one of those experiences that is, is, is like gold dust really for, um, for children here locally to be able to have those opportunities. Um, and equally, you know, the community and the outreach programs, um, we've had events take place, um, at the hospital in the past and, and in the Frostar Ward and the children's ward there. So it, it's great to see all these different elements of of the festival. And also, you know, it's a brilliant celebration of local authors. We have a big local author programme as part of the festival. Um, and we run workshops for local authors. So, you know, we're hopefully we're providing um, opportunities for local authors to meet with publishers and agents um, and, and also to to be inspired um, by other by other authors and being in the company of other authors. So, Ross, we've got all this um, sort of get up and go amongst volunteers, uh, making things happen and establishing festivals so that, that benefit, as, as you've outlined, uh, the local community in a variety of ways. What can you at Guernsey Arts do uh, to um, in, continue to support such established festivals and also to encourage the establishment of uh, new or newer festivals? Interesting. I'm just listening to Jade and, and uh, Claire talk here, and I'm, I'm thinking back to um, about ten years ago when I first got involved with Guernsey Arts, and when we were talking about festivals and grants. Um, in my mind, there was a, an opportunity to template the way we supported festivals. Um, but what you find, what I've discovered over the years, is actually festival organisers. Um, have their own passions and their own reasons for organising their festivals. We've we've talked about the Earth Fair and their commitment to raising money for charities and their educational programmes, etc., and their accessibility from the Literary Festival. And I think it's firstly it's really important to respect the reason um, these festivals exist and and the ethos behind them. And you know, if we we, we talked across all the different festivals, there'll be different reasons. So I think the first thing from from our perspective is like we we've got to understand why the festivals exist and we respect that. Um, festivals uh, want, need, uh, or require different things from from Guernsey Arts. We've got a grant system which, which uh, festivals can apply for support for, um, and there's a, a grant option or an underwrite option. In, in terms of the Earth Fair, as they do give their profits to charity, it's very difficult for us to grant them uh, monies. And we've under, uh, given underwrites to the Earth Fair for a number of years, not the last two years, I must say, because of the success. Those underwrites uh, over 11 years were taken up one year when, when it, the event was, was rained off. Um, so firstly, there's, there's, the grant, there's the grant side of it. Um, we're always there for opportunities to uh, uh, discuss uh, problems or, 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 or challenges that festivals might have in front of them. Um, we've seen recently there's changes to the charity laws, but we it, it seems the the festivals are working their way through that fairly, fairly simply. Jade uh, is is raising the sustainable side of festivals, and that's that's I mean that's going to become on all our our minds about you know uh, the, the you know the cost of the environment in terms of of our festivals and how we make those as as neutral as possible. So we we hope to be like a sounding board and a, and a, and a uh, an information area uh, for festivals to support them in in that way, um, and of course through our um, our digital, through our website, through our social media. Um, through developing our contacts with Visit Guernsey um, and I'm buoyed by the new um, 
tourism management board in terms of understanding the value of the festival scene, the whole cultural scene in actual fact, to Guernsey in terms of promoting Guernsey and Guernsey being seen um, as a good light within the island, but also uh, projected outside of the island. Um, so I, th- I think we, we can we can become that where that body that sort of sits uh, independently, umbrella body uh, is probably the best way to describe it. Then that can offer support. Our doors are always open, so we're, we're always there for the existing festivals. And we're always there to um, for people who, who have an idea to come and talk to us. And this week, somebody came to talk to us about an idea for a festival in the future. Um, again, like Claire, really, somebody that's come to settle on the island that is an event organiser from elsewhere and sees an opportunity, but also sees... Are you able to spill any beans uh, about pro- what type no, prob- of uh, probably, festival that is? Probably not, because it's not, it's not, it's not our, our, organi- our event. But I, I would say, um, you know, they recognise in coming to the island that we have our unique challenges, um, you know... Um, uh, Access to the islands through air or sea, um, cost of that, cost of hotels, uh, venues, you know, um, can, can be a challenge. Um, but they're still keen to to start to develop something. Um, so, yeah, we're that sounding board and we're working with them uh, in terms of what support can we can give, uh, introducing them to, you know, all the, all the key players on the island in terms of logistics, venues, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Russ, forgive me for asking a bit of a political question, but I, I'm uh, this is the room in which I, I've been doing a lot of political uh, uh, interviews recently. Um, do, do you see it as part of your role also to try to encourage government to uh, do more to uh, shout about locally and nationally um, the art scene on the island and what can be achieved through uh, the running of festivals and the patronising of festivals. Yeah, absolutely. I I think, you know, uh, the awareness of the arts in general, I think, across government um, is really important that we understand the value of the arts and culture um, and of course for us it starts with arts and culture and just the benefits of that but you know we always say like you know we we get most of the support from uh, education support and culture for, 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 for Guernsey Arts but actually um, we feel that the arts has a part to play across um, education absolutely across economic benefits for the economy absolutely across our health and well-being absolutely absolutely so if you think about uh, the arts and culture there are benefits to be had um, right across our society Um, and it's important we understand that and I think it's important we understand that if we invest in in the in the arts and culture that these benefits will come um, you know if we're reflecting out of the island uh, how culturally rich our islands are and we're talking about today we're talking about the festivals but we've got our, our, our heritage with, with Victor Hugo with Renoir we've got so many assets uh, within the Bailiwick uh, and if you had the beauty of where we, we run our festivals from it doesn't matter where you do a festival there's an amazing view um, that th- there's a real asset there's a real asset here. Sometimes it's about government. Yeah, absolutely. We're always going to ask for more money. Of course we can. But we we're, we understand we're in a, you know, a, a quite a tough position locally at the moment. But I think there's also the support that can go, come from government in different areas. And probably not for today, but there are different areas of our strategy where we're looking for maybe some.
um, uh, support in different areas. Uh, that's not necessarily monetary, just just support to make things easier, smoother, quicker, um, and and let the arts organisations operate um, in in a more economical way. And Claire, when uh, it comes to actually getting the festival up and running after all the work that you've been doing around the around the calendar, um, how well patronised do you find uh, your your various events are both from those who are coming to the island and from uh, people locally well we went on sale um for the festival this this weekend just gone and um it's looking like we're going to have another record-breaking year in terms of ticket sales um last year we had eight thousand people attend our events um and i think you know this year will hopefully will will top that um i mean one one thing i would say going back to russ's point about um about cultural events and their their, their impact really for um the way that Gaines is perceived is we spend quite a bit of time going out to meet with publishers and agents in the uk um as part of our trade marketing for the festival and the feedback that we get every year is that Authors love coming to Guernsey. They love coming here because it's a weekend away from for them. Other book festivals, they're on a train, they go and do their event and they go home. They don't get to mix with other authors. They don't get to meet their audi- audiences. It's very much a, um, you know, a, a, quick, um, a quick event. Um, so they love coming to Guernsey. They love the beauty of Guernsey. Um, a lot of them bring their, um, their, bring their family. They'll make a weekend of it. They'll go to Herm. They'll go to Sark. They'll go to Victor Hugo's house. And I think there's something to be said for those people being ambassadors for our island. You know, we've had some very big name speakers come to the festival and then shout about us on social media afterwards. And I think, you know, we have to... Um, whilst it's, it's more difficult to quantify the value of um, of that kind of engagement, I think you know certainly we've seen for the fe- from the festival's point of view that the feedback both from authors and agents and authors has been excellent, which means that it's helped us year on year secure big name authors and secure um, yeah secure our, our, our program um, early um, because we you know we're inundated with with authors asking to come to the island yeah, and and that um that uh, business of uh artists um being inspired to come to the island is something that you've experienced at the Vale of Earth Fair as well I imagine with um with uh, some pretty big name acts coming over the years yes um we yeah we're in quite the same position where um over the years the acts that have come over we would like to think that we treat them in the right way and obviously it's worked in in that sense um because they just really love it over here. They love our festival, they love the island, um, and they lo- love what they can see. Um, and there's the network. There's a network of, of festival kind of acts and agents, which I'm sure there will be within the literary and any other type of festival uh, where we have visiting acts coming to the island. So because you've got this national network, people talk, um, and it's, yeah, like you say, Claire, it's that type of thing that you can't, put down on paper and say well actually this person has told this person and that's through this and therefore we are known in this town and in London they're talking about us this weekend and you can't put these things down but it happens because we have we have people phoning us up asking to perform um, from the UK because they've heard stories about how fantastic it is as a festival um, or agents are willing to kind of do as a decent a really good deal because because of the way that another band has been treated. So they're like, oh, well, this one would be good. We'll kind of drop them in for 
for whatever. Um, so I think it's that type of thing that completely gets un- undervalued on an, any other level unless you're involved within it. So I see that, Claire sees that, but does the general public see that? Do governments see that at that level? Um, see what we are creating as a byproduct of doing something that we enjoy? I mean, interestingly, um, Anthony Horowitz, he's, he's, he's um, come to your festival, mm-hmm. but also to the Alderney Literary Festival. Mm-hmm. And I think on the back of visiting the Alderney Literary Festival a, a, a few years ago, actually, his next novel was about um, a literary festival based in Alderney, where there was a, a murder. He placed himself in the book as well. He said he said he's going to write his next book on a horror a horror movie set in Guernsey. Well, I mean, yeah. Now, if, if that happens, I mean, how can you value how can you value the benefit to the islands of something like that? It's incredible. Um, that's really. I mean, that's really. These are really incredible stories. I think we've yeah. had performers um, come back who've played at the fair who have come back to the islands specifically to record here um, because they enjoyed the setting so much and they thought that it was going to be the, the right place for them to record their next track so yeah there is kind of these examples of people who have experienced that and want to take it that much further within this setting um, and like we say it's not written down so you don't know no being inspired by the islands though effectively mm-hmm. and and uh, and the experience we give them because i think I'm, I'm listening to what you say and what 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 i get from all the festivals is we look after our artists incredibly well and part of that i think is is that our festivals you're talking about eight thousand people to the literary festival but in, in terms of, of festival size we're still fairly boutiquey on everything we do uh, locally um but that's a that's a real asset that means people can get really close to to, to each other and, and the authors and um and i think though those artists really really value the experience they get from the generosity of the of the organizers locally yeah, when I spoke to Isabel Picornell of the Alderney uh, Historical Literature uh, Festival, uh, and you can scroll back on this feed to find the, the interview there, um, she made that uh, point early on that, it, that being a boutique festival is a deliberate choice and a very good advantage to hold on to. And, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, it stands you in good stead, especially if you've got a relatively small venue. Um, and speaking of that, I mean, we've got uh, two representatives here of festivals that have been established by enthusiasts who've drawn people around them. And and have created something that's, that's grown enormously. Um, in terms of new festivals, and one springs to mind, which is the Guernsey International Film Festival, of which we've had just the one iteration so far. How might Guernsey Arts get involved in trying to ensure that such a, an endeavour grows in the successful way that these two have? OK, so talk about timing. Yesterday, I spoke to Lars and, and, uh, uh, and Charlotte, um, and uh, but, but, uh, is there going to be another festival effectively and, and there is and they're planning for another festival uh, this October um, and I think w- the conversation yesterday was about uh, the planning of it about making sure um, we start talking about that festival early enough and maybe a bit earlier this year um, about our, us being able to offer as much support through promotion as we can connections as we can there's the grant scheme in place if they need to come to us for the grant. But yeah, we've, we've this year, we, we, if I'm honest, we didn't have any conversation with them last year and it, it sort of just came out of the ground very close to the festival. And I think they, they were, they were uh, buoyed by the success they've got, but they're now, they're now ready to take it to the, 
the next level. So, yeah, we had a really good conversation with them yesterday. And, and again, it's it's really great to see people with new festivals and um, uh, how enthused they are for, for what they do. Um, and, you know, I'm very conscious that when people take on festival events, it's 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 a major commitment in their lives. It's not something they commit their two weeks around the festival to. It, it is a year long experience. As <laughs> Claire's looking at me now, and Jay's looking at me now. So that you know, again, so from from my side, you know, we really value the the support that um, the people involved in festivals give. And I did speak to uh, Lars about the uh, festival um, uh, just after it happened. And I mean, just the story of their efforts to get a print of the uh, early days silent cinema version of Les Trevors de la Mer over here for the first screening. Uh, it's nearly 100 years old, this film, the first screening ever outside of France. Um, it, you could write, you could make a film about that effort in itself. So, I mean, it, re it really it's an illustration of the degree to which individual enthusiasts can ultimately have a huge impact if this grows into a, an established festival um, on the on the art scene locally. Absolutely, he was, he was telling me that story yesterday and it gave him a few hairy moments, but but I think they, they really reaped the rewards from BML able to achieve that. So, yeah, ab absolutely. And so um, what, what are our hopes then, our principal hopes for, uh, for the year ahead? You've obviously got uh, most of your ducks lined up for your two uh, festivals. Um, Claire, how are things looking now at this stage? You said you've, you've obviously shifted a lot of tickets already. Are there going to be any left for the, for the non-members when they uh, go on general sale? Oh, yes. No, they're on general sale now. All right. um, so, I mean, the headliners for this year's festival are um, broadcaster and journalist um, David Dimbleby. Um, we have BBC uh, international editor Jeremy Bowen. Um, we have Susie Dent from Countdown um, and um, lot, lots more. So um, obviously there's the local author programme happening um, and all the other events in the community that I've talked about previously. So, um, I mean, I would say that it's worth booking early. Um, tickets, you know, now are available on through our website um, and the St. James events um, are also available to book through, through St. James in person. And uh, Jade, you've got a, a, an early bird system for your uh, for your ticketing to try to encourage people to sort of get in a bit early, haven't you? Yeah, um, I think the point of booking early, that's if we were going to put down how can the public help festivals kind of with their longevity, I think that's the most important thing at this point um, is booking early. Don't. It's, it's the whole thing of taking for granted that the festival will happen and that you can turn up. And it's a, I don't know if it's a UK mentality, but it's a very Guernsey mentality for a lot of events. I'm guilty of it myself, um, expecting that I can turn up and pay on the door or expecting that I can get a ticket a day or two beforehand. Um, and we need to train ourselves out of that um, <laughs> and look more towards the early booking system so that you can have something that you yourself can look forward to but also give stability to the festivals and other events that are happening um it gives you an expectation of numbers so you can prepare appropriately um and not have to worry as much yeah, and, and if it does turn out to be a beautiful day of course there, there have been occasions when you've had to stop letting people in those people who have wanted to uh show up on the door you you do sell tickets on the door but if it goes swimmingly then uh, people might get be disappointed if they haven't booked in advance so last three years we've had sell out fest a sell out festival right. um 
partly because people couldn't leave the island for the first one in 2020. Um, we were one of the only festivals happening within, at least in Europe, I think. Um, so we got a lot of national coverage, um, again, promoting the island uh, in a very positive light um, as a good news story. Um, so, yeah, for the last three years, it's been sellout year for us. Um, and we'd like to see that trend continuing. Vale Earth Fair Collective member Jade Kershaw there, and you also heard from the Head of Arts Development at Guernsey Arts, Russ Fossey, and Guernsey Literary Festival Director, Claire Allen. We'll be back in April with another look at one of the action plans making up Guernsey's long-term plan for the arts. That's all for now. Please do send an email to sdelarue at guernseypress.com if you have a project or event you'd like us to be shouting about. Until next time, bye for now.